Wow, I, I hope that everything I take for granted doesn't start disappearing. Yeah, but uh, maybe, maybe that's what it would take. I don't know. Um, but, you know, as Ashley mentioned, uh, this Wednesday night we have that uh, very unique service, opportunity for us to come together and uh, to start out the month of November uh, with Thanksgiving. I think that's going to be a unique service, uh, prayer, um, and, and an opportunity to, to be thankful. We're going to have some, the room's going to be set up a little different. We're going to have some different stations where you can go throughout the night kind of just one-on-one and, and uh, do some different things uh, to express your gratitude. And I am, I am so pumped about Wednesday. Night. I think it's going to be really cool. I don't think you want to miss it. I think it's a great way to get into this month as we focus on gratitude. And I know there's another opportunity that you have that we have put together for you in the app. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to share what you are grateful about. And if you would, if you're on the app, you'll see right on the home page, there's a place that says, uh, I'm grateful response. And uh, you can get on there and put that in. And maybe you're never going to share your testimony. Maybe you're never going to stand up and share your testimony. Maybe that would be something that's terrifying for you. This would be a great way for you uh, to share your testimony uh, with us and, and uh, to put that out there. Maybe you're, a, you know, maybe standing up is not a problem for you, but you're looking for a way that you can and share something that God has done. You know, one of the themes of this coming month is going to be how has God seen us through? How has God seen you through? Maybe you don't have a testimony where you say, wow, I, th- this specific event happened, but there was a season of your life, and, and God saw you through that season. And you want to share that and, uh, and let us know, uh, share that with others. And you can do that by going on the app. You're going to see that on social media uh, throughout this week too. So if you're on social media and you, uh, and you see that pop up, you can access that form and share with us ways in which you've seen God uh, do things in your life. Uh, just to stop and, and think about how God has moved in your life is, is so much a part of what this month is all about. So we're beginning this morning a, a new series, and it's called Gratitude Training, and we're going to be working through until we get to Thanksgiving. Gratitude is something that we take really seriously here because we see it in the Scriptures so clearly. And for us, it's an orienting principle of our lives as Christians. For me, it's an orienting cr- principle of our lives as Christians is gratitude. I don't know uh, if you're puzzle people, if you've ever put a puzzle together uh, before, but you know when you find the corner, there's like reason to celebrate. Right, You're digging through all of these pieces and you find the corner piece and you're like, yes, I know where that one goes. I know now where I can start building off of. For us, gratitude is a corner piece of the puzzle. It's what orients us. It's what gets us going in the right direction. It helps us to see clearly gratitude is so important. And the reason that we see that is not only life experience, but because the scriptures tell us throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, God tells us to be grateful, to do things with thanksgiving, and commands us to be grateful. I want to say it just this way, okay? And I'm saying this this way intentionally, not trying to beat you over the head or anything, but the scriptures command us to be grateful. So when, when the scriptures, when the Lord commands us to do something and we don't do it, what's it called? It's called a sin. And so when we are not grateful, it's a sin. But the thing that we know about God when he tells us something, and, and something is a sin when we, when we do it or when we don't do it, well, it it's, it's what is best for us. That when we're not grateful, it's actually to our detriment. God doesn't need anything. So when he gives us his commands, they're only for our benefit. That's one of the reasons that we praise him and we love him so much is that when he tells us to do something, it's not for my benefit. A lot of times I'll tell my kids to do something, but it's so that I don't have to take out the trash. 
Do you know what I'm saying? God, though, when he gives you a command, it is always for our benefit. And God commands us to be grateful. And, you know, that might, that might sort of resonate with you, and, and something on a Sunday morning might resonate with you, and you can, okay, yes, I got it. Be grateful. Check. Like, I'm going to be grateful. And so, you know, we try to be grateful, and, and it lasts for a few days, right? But that is not how obedience works. Obedient doesn't work in such a way. Listen to me, because this, I, I mean, this, this whole sermon is just amazing. But listen, I think this is important. You can't, when we try to be obedient to God, you can't just decide, oh, I'm going to be obedient to God. That's not how it works. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to turn. No, there's a process of maturing. There's a process of change that happens in us. You see, if flipping a switch is not how obedience works, we mature into obedience with deliberate choices, actions, and habit change. I can't just say, okay, well, now I'm going to be, grat- I'm going to be grateful. Yes, I'm commanded to be grateful. Now I'm going to be grateful. And we've done that before with things, right? And then what happens? Two, three days, it lasts, and then it kind of fades, and you look back, and then you just feel guilty, like, what happened? And I'm a loser, and I'll never get it done, right? But instead, when we see a command of God, there should be something in us that says, okay, well, what choices need to change then? What actions need to happen? What structures do I need to create in my life to cue me to a habitual behavior of doing that thing? And so this month, These next three weeks, we're going to be talking about how do we do this? How do we mature into a place, I don't think we're there yet, how do we mature into a place where we can be grateful? These are like muscles, right, that we need to develop. These are muscles um, that, that we need to strengthen if we are going to be grateful. I can't just decide one day, right, that I'm going to do this. I can't just decide one day that I'm going to run a marathon. I can't just decide one day that I'm going to lift a whole bunch of weight. What do I have to do? I have to get the muscles trained and prepared in order to do that. So are our gratitude muscles strengthened and ready to go. Are we strong in this area of gratitude? Do we need some gratitude training in order to strengthen our gratitude muscles so that we can follow the command of God, knowing that that command is for our benefit? So this morning, we're going to begin looking at how do we train ourselves to be grateful. Not just to decide, oh yeah, I need to be grateful, but say, no, these muscles are going to be strong and I'm going to be ready to be Grateful. So we're going to begin then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And this verse, you're going to hear it a lot throughout these next three weeks. And this verse is going to kind of be our anchor verse, okay? It's going to be a special verse for us in these few weeks. And the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, he says, he says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is a summary statement to the Thessalonians. Like, there's only five chapters in Thessalonians. He's getting to the end of the letter that he's writing to them, and he's saying, look, these are my last words to you in this letter, and I need to just give you these core ideas. I'm going to just sum it up for you, okay? Like, this is the summary of, of what I'm telling you, and that is to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And so if I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances, then I have, to be, I have to be strong enough to do that. Well, then we look at Psalm 103, verses 1 through 4, and then jumping down to verses 10 
through 12. Psalm 103, this is a Psalm of David, and David says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. And it's hard for me. I grew up in Sister Glover's Sunday school class, and Sister Glover said Psalm 103 a little different, right? Uh, anybody else, in, not necessarily in Sister Glover's Sunday school class, but anybody else, you read that, it's a little hard on you, right? You know, because uh, I, I remember, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise the Lord, right? And uh, so, but, but that's okay. We, we like the NIV too. So I'm going to start over because I distracted you. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. In verse 10, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God is good. Amen? Amen? Just just a little look at the Lord, just a small turning of our attention to God, and we're overwhelmed by his goodness. He doesn't treat us how we deserve. He doesn't hold our iniquities against us. He's removed these things as far as the east is from the west. Just a little glimpse at the Lord. And it stirs in us thanksgiving and praise. If you're here this morning and and there's just a burden on you, if you're here this morning and and, and you're feeling a weight on you, I, I want you right now as we pray together in this moment to turn your attention to the Lord. The Holy Spirit, we've welcomed God into this place uh, through through worship and thanksgiving. We've worshiped uh, him and welcomed him here. God is present here. And in this moment, if you're feeling a burden on you, that you don't need anybody to say anything. You don't need anybody to touch you. The Lord is here. He can touch you. The Lord can move in your heart, even in this moment. So I want us, as we pray together and ask God's blessing as we share the word, that if that's you this morning, just turn your attention to him. God, we rejoice in you in this moment. Lord, we are so thankful, so grateful for who you are. I bless you, God. I magnify you. Lord, if there is someone in this place feeling a burden on them, God, that is crushing their heart, I pray, Lord, that right now in this moment that you would speak to them. God, that they would have a peace wash over them that they have not felt in a long time. And God, that they would feel your hand. And Lord, for all of us, open our hearts and our minds to receive your word and your guidance. Strengthen us, Lord. So we desire to follow after you because your ways are the best ways. God, you lead us to life. Speak to us, guide us, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Now, before I share anything about my wife, I just want you to know that I always get permission. Okay? So just as a preface, so you kind of see maybe where we're, uh, where we're headed just right out of the gate uh, here uh, this morning. Because uh, I, I'm going to tell you, I mean, after 27 years of marriage, like, I am still absolutely in love with my wife. I am just passionately in love with her. I think she is amazing. When I'm thinking clearly, I think, well, I still am amazed that she chose me to spend the rest of her life with. But... But marriage isn't easy. There's always a but, right? There's always uh, something there. I mean, marriage is hard. The the truth of the matter is that she and I share completely different love languages. And if you're not familiar with love language, that's okay. But I'll just tell you, my love language is words of affirmation. I like it when she says nice things to me. And uh, another one of my love languages is physical touch. I like it when she holds my hands. I like it when she kisses me on the mouth. 
I like those things, right? And we're married, so that's okay, okay? And, uh, and, and, and you know, it, it's, it's relevant for me to say that my wife is an amazing hard worker. I mean, she is wired. She just built different. I see a few of you in here, and you're kind of built that way. I mean, she gets out of bed in the morning, man, and the volume of work that she does is incredible. I mean, she works three jobs. She takes care of the house. She takes care of us. She does all of these things around us, taking care of our kids. But the one thing my wife is not wired to do is to hold my hand in an unsolicited, right, or to say something nice to me unsolicited. She's too busy getting tasks done and getting things done and moving around, right, and, and getting stuff done. And when she lays her head on the pillow at night, she crashes. I mean, it's four seconds. I've counted. And she is gone. And then when she wakes up in the morning, man, she is after it. But me, in my fallen nature, right, I have a, such a tendency, and this has happened so many times over these years, okay, and I wish it was better, but it's probably happened recently, but, you know, again, we're going to let that go. <laughs> I get so focused on my needs not being met. I get so focused. There will be times when I will do little bitter experiments where I will try to see if I don't touch her and, and hug her or hold her hand, will she come to me and hold my hand? And I will sit back and I, I will have to, I will consciously watch her for a week <laughs> and two weeks. And she won't do it, man. She won't touch me, right? And, and I'll sit back and I'll say, if I don't say I love you first, will she say she loves me? Will she say that that was a good sermon? Will she say that I did something? And I will become so focused on those things that she's not doing that I will, I will lose track of the million and one things that she is doing. And I will become so focused on the negative. And I will be so focused on my needs and so focused on the things that she's not doing. Here she is. She, she manages our finances. She's, she's working in our house. She's mothering our children. She's doing all of these things. And, and yet I will sink back into a place of just looking and observing and only seeing the negative and only seeing the broken. And it'll take me to a place where I, I, will, I will think all these negative thoughts and, have all, and be in this negative place. All the while, I have the opportunity to be married to the most, I think, the most amazing woman on the planet. And yet, because of my focus, I will see only the negative and broken things. And, and I, she, had, she gave me permission to, to share this. And we try to live a little bit like an open book so that hopefully you can see and benefit from seeing, because I believe that there's so many of us, and I'm just going to stop. This is not a marriage series or about marriage or anything like that, but let me just hang out for just a second in marriage and say, maybe you're missing a lot of things because you're focused so much on the things that aren't exactly how you want them to be. And so I'm going to move on, okay? Because, you see, the truth is that without the discipline of gratitude, we have no defense against the onslaught of negative inputs that our flesh lashes onto and magnifies. If I'm not being actively grateful for Michelle or actively grateful to the Lord or actively grateful for any area of my life, then that is my only defense against the negative attitudes and the negative things that are coming at me constantly. And it's coming at you constantly. In fact, do you know every ad that you see 
And I don't know, I don't know what platform you're on, where you're at, if you're streaming, if you're watching cable, if you're on YouTube or whatever. I mean, there are ads that are hitting us constantly. At the heart of every ad is something negative. You know, we watch a lot of Shark Tank, all right, because it's like one of the things that, you know, you can actually watch. And so we, we watch Shark Tank. And, and, uh, and one of the things that they tell people is, listen, you need to tell people that they have a problem. Then you need to give them the solution. And then you need to sell them the solution, right? They have a problem, solution, some, that's, and that is the formula behind every single ad that you and I see, right? I mean, if you listen to the ads, okay, you are hungry, thirsty, ugly, have slow internet, bad breath, you're dehydrated, which this is a really a new one. I mean, we used to just be thirsty, now we're dehydrated, okay? You're old, you're out of style, your car is going to break down, you need the insurance if you don't have it. Your kids are unsafe, you're underinsured, you need to gamble and drink alcohol, you're going to miss out on the big event, your phone is outdated, your kids don't have the best, you're actually ill and you need a prescription, you're destroying the earth, you're allowing animals to suffer, your dishes aren't really clean, and you're paying too much. And I just ran out of room, right? Because every, you don't realize it, I mean, you know, these marketing people, they come at us and I mean, you know, they, they get it and it's all, the packaging is usually great and you get it and you don't realize. And you don't think about the fact that at the heart of every single one of those, there's, they're saying something negative about you. They're saying that you're in need. There's something in you that's broken. Why? Because they could sell you the solution, right? And I don't care about that. I, I have way more important things to do to you to stand up to you and preach about advertising and preach about all that goofy stuff. All I want us to do is recognize that you are being bombarded with negativity. And you combine that with the fact that negative things need attention while positive things don't. You know, I walk through my house, and, uh, you know, once everybody kind of leaves, I walk through my house. And you know what? Sometimes, when I, most of the time, when I walk through my house, a vast majority of the time I walk through my house, and there's dead silence. And I walk through and I don't hear anything. And you know when there's dead silence in my house that dopamine and serotonin don't flood in and I don't get so happy? And, and I've never once called Michelle and said, can you believe that our house is quiet? But when I walk through my house and I hear water dripping or I hear a little fan motor grinding or I hear an animal scratching somewhere, right? Immediately cortisol floods my body. And immediately I get stressed. How am I going to find it? How am I going to get to it? How am I going to do it? And I'll call Michelle every single time and say something to the effect of, I don't have time for this. And it's like I walk through my house. Listen, every, every day, guys, I, I don't know. You're staring at me, and I just so am so desperate for you guys to get this. But listen to me. I walk through my house, and there's silence, and it doesn't register at all. There's no gratitude, there's no positivity, there's no happiness. But then I walk through my house and I hear a little sound and all of a sudden the negativity floods in. All of a sudden I've got to do something. I only register the negative. Day after day, week after week, year after year. Guys, can I tell you, I see dozens of car tires every day. I have never pulled over at a red light and stopped next to someone and rolled the window down and said, all four of your tires have all the air in them that they need. Way to go. <laughs> but I have driven up behind someone, right, and seen the back tire super low, maybe almost flat, and I've, and I've rolled the window down and tried to get their attention and say, hey, your back tire is really flat. You're going to have to do something. So thousands of tires that I've seen, they're all full. I did nothing. 
the flat tire. I, 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 had, I, I jumped into action. I am a real man. I will, I, will, I will tell a stranger. I will do whatever. I will fix it. But I've never celebrated a tire that's full. Do you see the point? Do you see where we're getting to? Every ad that you see is bombarding you. There's something broken. you got to fix it. You need this. There's something not right about you. You're, you're not quite where you could be. Everything, I walk through my house, everything that's working, I never celebrate it. I'm never happy about it. Every tire I see that's pearly full, I never celebrate it. I'm never happy about it. Only the negative demands that I do something about it. How old are you? How many years have you been through this exact scenario where you're walking? I mean, days, weeks, months, years. I, only the negative gets my attention. I'm bombarded by the fact that things are broken. And then I'm primed. I'm primed to walk in to the situation in my life. I have some volunteers that, that I've got. If you guys could hustle on up in here. I, I know we had volunteers last week. We've got volunteers this week. I promise no volunteers next week. It stresses some of you out. I'm sorry, but I, I just I don't know how else to communicate this, okay, other than, our other than our volunteers. Because, you see, I'm primed. I've, been, I've heard all these negative commercials. I've seen all of these flat tires. I've heard the sounds. I'm primed. I've no, I haven't celebrated any of the positives, and I've only been celebrating the negatives, right? And uh, you're over here, brother. You're over here, okay? You, you, and, and so we're going to pretend that Will is, is my, my kid, all right? And he's super tall, so it fits, okay? And I have never really, in, with all of my real kids, walked in and seen them carrying a, a, a laundry hamper, right? Instead, what, is it, what does it look like? You don't have, you don't have that. I walk into the room, right, and what do I see, okay? But remember, I'm primed. I've just heard 100 commercials that I tried to skip, but I can't skip them for 20 seconds. I've just seen all the things that are negative, and I walk in here, and this is what I walk into. And I'm primed. And what am I going to see? I'm going to see how many times, how many times have I told him? How many times? Why will you not do what I tell you to do? Why do we live like this? What's going on? I'm primed. I'm primed to see every negative thing, every broken thing. In every situation I walk into, I'm primed to see it. What just happened? What just happened here? Right? I mean, Will's not even my kid. He's already feeling, he's feeling some anxiety. <laughs> right? I walk into school. Right? And I see, man, all the back seats are full. The teacher is here. There she was out yesterday. I was hoping for a substitute again. Now I got to sit next to this guy. Man, everybody in this room is smarter than I am. Everybody's more popular. Even this guy. It's unbelievable. Right? And I walk in and, and what, am I, what am I primed for? I'm primed for walking in and seeing every negative thing, every broken thing. There's my teacher again ranting about politics and ranting about how the world's broken. I needed to plug my laptop in, and there's not a desk next to where I need to plug it in. And I walk in, and I'm primed in, so I just see every negative thing, every broken thing, right? I walk into work, right? Here I am, you know, here's, he never does anything. He just, uh, he, he, he didn't do anything for the project. He never gets anything done. He just smiles. He's friends with the boss, so he gets to keep his job. Your desk is broken here, sir. I'm going to fix that. 
This guy's going to brag about a trip he just took, right, or the next trip he's getting ready to take. He never does any work either. Uh, you know, they're just, they're just pretending here. I'm just going to come in here. I'm just overwhelmed with negativity. Boss is here today. I was hoping the boss would be gone, but I can hear her voice uh, over in the distance. And I walk into work, and everything's negative. But the thing is, I've been primed. I've been primed because there's nothing in my life checking up on my gratitude. There's nothing pushing me to be grateful. Everything in my life is pushing me to see the negative and to feel the negative. So when I walk in here, that's what I see. It's who I am. It's the, it's the lenses I wear all the time because it's really the only option outside of the command of God. Here's the discipline. How do I walk into this room? And instead of seeing the negative... I see the positive. And, and I can see, you know what, man? He's healthy. He's strong. He's good. He's, he's obedient so much of the time. He, he's a good guy. I look over past the dirty laundry, and his Bible's open on his bed where he's done his devotion. And I look at him, and I say, man, I'm so grateful. Does the laundry still need to be addressed? Am I probably going to still need to talk about the laundry? I am. But does, do you see how it changes everything? It changes everything when I come in here and I see first. Look, think about the house that we're standing in. Think about the temperature control that's working right now. Think about everything that's happening positive in this moment. And I refuse to be trapped in a negative lens so that every time I walk in here, every interaction becomes negative because I've got this negative lens and I only see those things that aren't exactly how I intended them to be. And, and I walk into school. And yes, the back row's full. And yes, the teacher's there. And yes, I got to sit next to the weird kid. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, man. I love you, Brother Bryce. But what, what's happening in here that's not negative? Where am I? That, that I fact that I live in these United States, that I get to go to school, that I, that I get to learn, that I have a future, that I have all of these things, that my teacher, the reason that she grinds me is because she actually cares about me and she's trying to help me. And, and I can see that. Yes, all those negative things are still happening. My laptop's still going to be dead. This guy's still more popular than I am. But there's so much positive happening in this room, but I'm not primed for that. I walk into work. And, 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 and may, maybe these guys aren't working hard. <laughs> this is funny because these are like the two of the hardest working men. That you know, I love getting them up here and talking about them not working. It's just so funny. <laughs> But, but what's going on? What opportunities do I have? Does this coworker know the Lord? Does this coworker have issues in their life that I could help them with? Does, what's going on in my boss's life? What's, what's happening in that scenario? But what do I do when I walk in and I'm primed to just see all the negatives? Then there's no opportunities. There's no change. There's nothing. I'm just going to grind it out, and I'm, then I'm going to go home and yell at my wife because I've just been primed for those things that are negative. This is the muscle. This is the muscle that we're called to exercise, is how can I walk into this situation or this situation or this situation and say, you know what, I'm not going to see the negative first. I'm not going to see the negative first. I'm going to walk in here and my blood's going to boil, but then I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I need you to tell me everything that he's done right. I need to tell, tell me everything praiseworthy about him, everything good about him first, because that's going to be the context out of which I operate. I need you to tell me everything in this room that's good, Holy Spirit. I need you to tell me everything in this office that's good. I refuse to be conditioned to be a negative person that walks in, sees through a negative lens, and only sees those broken things. Can we give our volunteers a hand this morning? Thank you, guys. You can go.
Will, Will kind of checked up a little bit. He's like, do I put the laundry away? I'm, uh, he's thinking about his, his mom saying, you should have done that. No, he's good. He's good. Listen, without the discipline of gratitude, negativity interprets every situation. Without the discipline of gratitude, negativity interprets every situation. If you are not actively being grateful, the negativity is going to interpret every situation. But here's the thing. You can't just decide to be grateful. You can't just decide to be grateful. You know what, Pastor? I see it. I hear it. It's right. I can't just decide. I can't just, but I, you can't just decide. You can't just say, I'm going to change my attitude now, and I'm going to be grateful. That is the Lord's work. That is the Lord's work. The discipline of gratitude transforms our relationship with God. The discipline, go ahead and skip to that next one. Uh, wait a minute. That's all it says. Don't skip to the next one. It's my bad. It's my bad. Stay on the one you were on, right? But the discipline of gratitude with God being grateful with God, it begins to transform every other area of our lives. The, the only way that this works, listen, according to the scriptures, according to our experience, according to everything that we've seen, the only thing that it works, the only way that it works is to begin with God. To begin a gratitude relationship with the Lord so that the Holy Spirit can come and begin to transform our hearts to see things differently. And if we don't do this work, we leave ourselves up to the world of ads in the world of negative things need attention and positive things don't. But instead, we look in, in Psalm 100, verse 4. It says this, gratitude, right? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Listen, gratitude ushers us into the presence of God. Gratitude ushers us into the presence of God. Would any... And every one of these situations be better if I was walking in the presence of God? If God was with me, if I was feeling him? So what do I want? I want the presence of God. How do I get into the presence of God? The scriptures are so clear. This is just the clearest scripture I could find. But they tell us over and over, how do we get into the presence of God? Thanksgiving. Gratitude. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I see all the good things, God, that you've blessed me with, and they are so manifold more than the negative things, God. And I want to praise you. I want to give you thanksgiving. Show me that next one. Gratitude stirs the spiritual realm. Acts 16, 25 through 26 says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. Can you stop and think about the circumstance here for just a second? In jail, locked up, the other prisoners were listening to them. That's not a phrase you want anybody to ever say about you. The other prisoners were listening to him. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. That praise in that moment, it stirred the spiritual realm. And we see that over and over in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament. That, tie, that praise stirred the spiritual realm. What do I want to happen here? I want the spiritual realm stirred. You know what's going to matter in a million years? Not whether my kids' clothes are on the floor, but if they're serving Jesus and loving Jesus. So I want praise and thanksgiving to come in here. And I want spiritual things to change. I can gripe about school all day, but really what I need is the foundations of the spiritual realm to change. 
We gripe about things that are broken all the time, but we need spiritual things to shake up at our jobs and those places. And what happens? Thanksgiving, gratitude is what does that. I'm yelling at you, but man, I just, I, I, I just, I long for you to see it. Gratitude allows us to release bitterness. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. If you, if you went to admonish someone, if I just told you, hey, go admonish them, what would you think I meant? You, you would think, it would be natural to think, I'm going to go correct them. I'm going to go tell them all the negative things that they're doing and they're broken and they're going to get fired. But what, is, what does Paul say to us here? Admonish one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with gratitude in your hearts. You know what? I go to someone and I tell them how they're broken and how they're miserable. You know what? They're, 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 that doesn't stir them up to do better, does it? Somebody tells you you're terrible, but if somebody comes and starts telling you that how good you are and they give sincere praise and they begin to talk about the ways and with the things that you've done, what, what happens? You're like, I would run through a wall for that dude. Stirs me up, right? Wow, the Bible has it figured out. It's gratitude. Listen to me. Gratitude allows us to live from strength instead of lack. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When I walk into a situation and I've been rehearsing all the negative things and all the brokenness, doesn't my heart begin to believe that God doesn't care and God isn't going to be present in a situation? And I come in and I'm like, well, my, my kid's not going to do what I tell him. School's broken, work's broken, and God's not going to do anything about it. But what happens when I begin to think about all the things that God has done and I begin to walk in gratitude and I begin to praise God and instead of just seeing the negative, I see the, the manifold things, the positive that God has done. And I begin to believe that if he's done all these things, nothing is impossible for him. So I walk in and instead of, from, instead of speaking from lack and spiritual lowness and, and, and lack of faith, I walk in and I've seen and I've celebrated all the things that God has done. What's one more? What's one more when he's done 100,000 things already? Your eyeball has 2 million working parts. If you've got two eyeballs, how many working parts do you have? 4 million. I just set you up to 2 plus 2. When you got up this morning, if you can see, it's already four million things that went your way. That's not to mention all the other organs in your body. You can hear, you can speak, you can breathe. Man, you can breathe because there's air and there's sunshine. Man, how many appliances, how many vehicles, how many things operated and worked well for you to just get to where you are right now? How many lights are working right now? How many speakers are working right now? How many things? And I realize that I'm wandering into cringy Christian meme territory, right? But at some point, we've got to stop and think about how many things are going right. If not, this, the, ad, the ad universe 
and the fact that positive things don't need attention and negative things do need attention is going to eat us up and we're going to miss all the millions and hundreds of thousands of things that are going right in this moment, right here, right now. And it's going to steal our ability to be grateful. And it's going to steal our ability to see God move and to have faith and to believe. And it's going to lead us to a place of being really discouraged. Because when you only see the negative things, where else is there to go but to say, wow, things are terrible. And God says, no, you need to have the discipline of celebrating the things that go right. I'm going to command you to celebrate the things that go right. Can we take just a minute right here? Can you just, just think through, if you've got two eyes that work, if you've whatever, can you just think through the things that have gone right this morning, the things that have gone well? God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much. I worship you, Lord. Thank you for everything that's gone right. Thank you for the hot water this morning. Thank you for the coffee this morning. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you, God, that all of these things are working. We worship you. We praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that my kids are healthy. God, help us to see that this is the discipline. That this is the discipline to stop and to recognize your goodness, to recognize the blessings, to rehearse them so that, God, we are equipped to walk into all of the different circumstances of our lives and to, and to be thankful first, to see all of the positive things first. That's where you desire us to be. That's the command, and it's supposed to train us, God. Help us, Lord, to get there as we come before you with thanksgiving. Transform our hearts by your Holy Spirit. God, will you create a barrier in us that refuses to hear the negative first before we rehearse all of the positive things. And God, may we approach the negative things in our lives from a position of strength recognizing all of the things that you've done for us and God that it's so easy for you to do just one more. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the beauty of your commands. Lead us, God, today and in these coming weeks, God, as we desire to grow stronger in our ability to be grateful. Lead us on the path of life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's stand together. As our prayer team comes to the front, I hope that you'll remember on the app, on the social medias, if you're on there, that there's a I'm grateful for response, a little form you can fill out. If you've ever thought to yourself, I would never stand up in front of everyone and share my testimony, well, here it is for you, okay? An opportunity to give the Lord praise in private that can have a public impact, okay? So let's remember that. Guys, uh, if you're not here Wednesday night at 6.30, I'm going to tell you, I, I think you're going to regret it. 
And so I know you're, you know, you're whatever, but uh, you're thinking, oh, I'm busy. It's okay, I understand, but it's gonna be an awesome time for us to kick off the month of November with thanksgiving and a grateful heart. God, I pray your blessing on your people as they go from this place. Give them peace that passes understanding, a peace that is so strong in their lives, God, that people around them take notice and they come and they say, what's different about you? And our answer will be, it's Jesus. He's given me peace. And can I tell you about my Savior? God, I thank you for this peace. I pray this blessing on your people now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Peace be with you.